Hi friend, welcome to this week's podcast from the First Baptist Church of Nokomis, where we are building the kingdom of God through the lives of everyday people. If you are new, you can visit our website at fbcnokomis.com. Click on our visitor information page to sign up for our e-newsletter or to learn more about our ministries. We also invite our regular listeners to partner with us and support our digital ministries by clicking the Give Online button on our homepage. Okay, here's the I'll give you a simple example, okay? Ready? So everybody, if you got your notes, you want to write job, write job, and then write an arrow and draw over here what we call liabilities. And if you want to write liabilities, you can say my mortgage payment, my car loan, my credit cards, right? All this stuff and spending money on. And here's what everybody tells me. They go, well, in order to have what I want, I have to work really hard, and then I have to buy all that stuff. And if there's a little bit left over, then, and I call this assets. And by the way, I put giving and assets, giving to the kingdom, right? Or just saving. And most people go, I don't have anything to save. And I go, it isn't that you can't have these side-by-sides or these extra funds or a boat or a camper or whatever. You know the difference? You just have to reverse the order. Follow me for a second. You have a job. Let your job afford some assets, some things that in turn generate more money. It always surprises people. I'm going to be totally blunt and honest with you. I have people all the time that say, how do you have all those houses? First of all, I didn't know I was going to have a lot of houses. But I got into real estate simply because our, our in-laws moved down and they couldn't sell their house. I live in a parsonage. I have rent value. I have no equity. Right? All of you want equity in your house. You want your house to be worth something. I don't have that. So I told my wife, I said, we're going to have to do this. She goes, we're going to owe a lot of money. <laughs> I go, we are. But somebody else is going to pay it. So with nothing... We had something. And then something became something else. And then something became something else. And the reason I joke about this is because I recently just sold the camper. She goes, we love the camper. And I said, but why would we store it? Why not sell it and we'll get another one next year? What are you going to get more with next year? And I go, I don't know, but I can tell you something. I know that the math is that whatever I make money, if it turns around and creates something that makes more money, it will afford everything we want. Did you catch that? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you're good with money in an appropriate way, no matter how much you have, it makes more money. I've met with people who make $300,000 a year and are flat broke and they have no idea what they're going to do tomorrow. And I've met people who make $30,000 a year and have all the money they need. It is not what you make. It's how you use it, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So if I start with Jesus... It's amazing how God's blessings spill over. Malachi 3.10, see that I will not open the floodgates of heaven to you. How great is that? Okay, so I gave you a real practical perspective on the Lord's, and by the way, I talked to some, some of the younger couples because you're young enough to where to start that, and I think I may do one of those Facebook events and get you guys in or a Zoom meeting and say, hey, let's, let's flesh that out. Let's talk about that a little bit more because you do need to consider where you're spending a lot of money and then you're like, I keep having to work harder to do it. And I would say, then we're not, we're not, we're not utilizing the shepherd. He will guide you in passive righteousness. He will help you enjoy what he has created for you, but you have to do it the right way. So let's get into verse two and talk about how that works out. So David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He remembers a time when he was uh, young and had everything he wanted, even though he had very little. And he goes, man, that was a great time in my life. And he says, you know what? Because you led me to greener pastures besides still waters. David is carrying over the fact that we are sheep. You know, sheep are scared. I mean, they're just nervous by nature. Kind of fits, doesn't it? Aren't we just sort of nervous as human beings? 
I kind of tease my wife, and she rolls over, and she looks at me in bed, and she goes, oh my goodness, they found a severed head in the elevator shaft. I go, what? It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. And something, right before we go to bed, has to create panic. Right? Oh my goodness, the fires are everywhere. I, I know. Do you want me to get out of bed and go help? Am I going to take a bucket? Because they got farmers with discs. They're doing something. I'm not going to go very far if I go down there with what? A shovel? Right? Just come on, dig it, go. We get nervous about everything. And you know, that's what makes this metaphor really good for us. Max Lucado talks about what we really struggle with is sheep. 70 million Americans struggle with this every year. 65% of young people say it's the reason that they lack the productivity that is expected of them throughout the day. Older Americans say this is the number one reason that they feel like they worry about their expenses, their retirement, their plans for life. And all of this is not, believe it or not, it's not a worry about cancer. It's not a worry about depression. It's not a worry. You know what the number one thing I'm talking about that really Americans struggle with? Insomnia. We don't sleep. We simply don't sleep. We stay awake and worry about everything. In 1910, the average American slept nine hours. <laughs> How many of you would love to get nine hours of sleep? It's not complicated. Turn the light off, go to bed. But I want the Netflix show. It just keeps playing. I can't help it. You're like a moth to a, a light and a flame, right? I can't help it. Right? But I have to flip through. There's more emergencies going on. I have to know what's going on and do nothing about it. Nine hours. 1910. 2010, we get seven hours on average. Maxwell Cato was talking about the fact that we don't sleep. We're restless. And we decided we were going to be busy. But notice what happened. We got really busy and busyness was removed. And we're still worried. And we still can't sleep. And you go, oh my goodness, if I just had more time in the day, and if I didn't have to, we didn't go, and we would, and then all of a sudden, none of that's available. It's a pandemic. Everybody stay home. We're like, but I'm still not sleeping. I'm still really worried. In fact, we're probably more worried than we were. What happened? Okay. Bears hibernate. They don't care. Bears go into a cave. They don't say, I hope somebody doesn't come and get me. Who's going to go in and get the bear? Nobody. But sheep, sheep are scared. Unless what? Sheep were one of the earliest animals domesticated, and they probably said, thank you. We were so vulnerable. We were out there, and we had nothing except to just sort of go in together and hope that uh, I was far enough in the circle that when the wolf came, I wasn't the one that was eaten. That's all sheep had was the herd mentality and just sort of get lost in their big grouping. Bears don't worry about it. They get plenty of sleep. Sheep sleep better because they have a shepherd. You sleep better because you have a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still waters. Everybody knows what still waters are for, right? If sheep are at the waters, they're still nervous when they're just sort of rivery. Does anybody know why? Because the alligators, you can't see them coming, right? There's still waters, an alligator comes, you can kind of see it going. Y'all are like that, right? You're like, I'm just nervous today, I don't know why. Why? Because I don't see something coming. And I know it's coming. And I just need calm. Sheep, they get nervous unless there's a shepherd by them. So let's go to John chapter 10. 
I'm going to paraphrase, but Jesus says to his disciples, to his hearers, he says in John chapter 10, he says, look, I am the good shepherd. The, the sheep hear my voice and they come to me. Now this is really cool. It's a great way to tell the story. What Jesus is saying, the shepherds, like let's say in Luke chapter 2, the shepherds are outside of Bethlehem and they, they see the angels and they go into Bethlehem and they see the baby Jesus. They weren't shepherds from Bethlehem. They could have been from anywhere. It says Joseph in Genesis went to find his brothers near Dotham, but he couldn't find them because they'd moved on. It wasn't like they were trying to hide from him. Sheep constantly get moved by the shepherd in order to find greener pastures, right? They eat in a the pasture, then they move on. Eventually, they'll find a town and they'll say, okay, it's time to get a shower. And the shepherd will take the sheep into town. They'll put them in this place where they'd have these, they'd pay for it. And they'd say, hey, hey, can, can you watch my sheep tonight? And they'd, they'd go into the village and somebody in there would have a business. And they'd say, hey, I made this pen for your sheep. So we're going to put this little pen around, right? This is a place where we can keep the sheep at night. And the shepherd would be like, oh, thank you. I can go get a shower and brush my teeth, get something good to eat, right? And then Jesus says, but here's the thing. When the shepherd puts the sheep in for the night and he goes and does what he does, he'll come back and he says, don't follow the person who come in that come in over the wall, right? In other words, sheep, don't go with the person who comes in this way. Ah, Jesus goes on to say, because that is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy comes other than through the gate. And Jesus says, no. When they open the gate, when the hired person who offered this service to the shepherd opens the gate, I go in and the sheep know my voice. They hear my voice and they follow me. And it's as if there's 15 sheep in this pen. The shepherd comes out, five will follow. The rest of them don't know the voice. They're scared. They stay back. But the ones that know the voice will follow. So they can put them all together. And all the sheep from wherever they were were put together. And Jesus says, you know my voice. Now first I want to tell you this. Do you know Jesus' voice? People ask me, they say, how do I hear Jesus' voice? I'm going to give you four things. They're really simple. You hear Jesus speak through creation. All you have to do is look out and it speaks to you. If you are living in cement and walls, you're missing out. Step outside. God's creation is glorious. He speaks to you through other people. If you're not listening to other people, I just shared some, some with uh, uh, some people this week. Your, your spirituality is vertical. It's not horizontal. You're wanting to listen to God, and God's not speaking to you. You go, God, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. And God, it's like God says, I am. I'm speaking to you through other people that you're not listening to. Right? We've isolated ourselves. We've atomized our society. We go, but God, speak to me. And God's going, the number one place I really want to speak to you right now is through the community of spirited believers. God speaks to you through creation. He speaks to you through others. He speaks to you through his Holy Spirit. And he speaks to you through his word. So many people want to emphasize their interpretation of the Holy Spirit. And then they wonder why they think that that might not be right. And I say, where are you missing it? Right? Don't just be subjective in what you think is God saying it. Test it with others. Get into God's word. Appreciate creation. And listen to the Spirit. Truly, that's the voice and you will follow. And you'll know that it's not the enemy. You know it's your Savior. Now, Jesus says, hear my voice and they'll come out and they'll follow me. And then he, he makes this weird transition. He says, for I am the gatekeeper. I am the gate. I'm the one that lays down my life for my sheep. And you go, wait a second. You just had the gatekeeper open it up. Okay, follow me. Ready for this? As soon as they come out of the village, where do they go? They go back out to pasture. When they find greener pastures, 
they may not come back to the village that night. They may go far enough, they can't go back to the village. In fact, it was known for shepherds to stay out in the field for days at a time. Well, how would they keep the sheep out on the field? This is really cool. So they would go along and find rocks, and they'd make the rocks set up some sort of situation or circle around, and then they could put the sheep in there out in the field. Like, yeah, we're not in the village, but i got to figure out a way to corral the sheep that I have. In fact, they'd go out to a field, and there might already be one that was sort of made. Somebody had started it, and so that shepherd would put more on it, and then they find, you could find them all over the place. Out in the fields, these sort of quasi-pens. But here's the thing. When you're out and you're making pens with rocks, how do you make a gate? This is why Jesus and the hearers of the first century people, they get it. Oh, once they follow you, you take them back out in the field, and now they're vulnerable. And so you make a pen for them. And Jesus says, I am the gatekeeper. I lay down my life for my sheep. Literally, a shepherd would lay down in that open space and sleep. If a wolf comes, they go through the shepherd. Pretty cool, isn't it? And Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I come to you, hear my voice. And then he says, follow me. Now I know what you're thinking. We're going to follow Jesus to greener pastures, but greener pastures aren't right outside the village. They're usually pretty far. How many of you feel like God is leading us through some troubled times? We'll get to the valley of the shadow of death, but right now we may feel like, yeah, I don't see greener pastures. I see pandemic. I don't see greener pastures. I see 2020. I don't see greener pastures. I see some debt and some financial concerns. I don't see greener pastures. I see some conflict in my marriage. I don't see greener pastures. I see some trouble with my kids, and I can't figure it out, and I can't make it right, and I can't make it go away. Walk it back. Get back to hear his voice. If you hear his voice, follow. When you follow, stay close and he will lead you to greener pastures. The closer you are to the shepherd, the less concern you will have, I promise you. The closer you are to the shepherd, the less worry you'll have. Put down the baggage of weariness, the lack of sleep. Just put it down. Know that Jesus has already prepared places to protect us. Maybe it's his church. Maybe it's some friends. Galatians 6.2, carry one another's burdens, and in so doing, you will fulfill the law of Christ. We need good friends who will help facilitate Christ's love for us. But here's the last one, and this is where it kind of turns on us. Jesus gets done telling us that he's the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, it's very important for us to know that Jesus is where we find our security. I shall not want. He leads me beside green pastures and by still waters. He provides for me. He keeps me safe. But then Jesus changes it on us, and this is what drives us all crazy. Because the metaphor can be taken too far. We're not meant to be sheep forever. Eventually, he says, but do as I do. In Matthew 28, he says, go and do likewise. Teach others all that I've commanded you. You do what I've done. And John, he, blow, he breathes on them. And he says, they give you the Holy Spirit. And breathing on them, he's, he's exchanging to them and saying, I'm going to go to be with the Father. And in so doing, I want you to be the shepherds. And I have to admit, there's a real challenge for the church right now, is we don't have enough shepherds. 
Pastors are exiting. Church leadership are wanting somebody else to just professionally do it. And we're trying to figure out how many hands make light work and say, where can we lead? And it's not just in the church, folks. It's just asking the question, why do we want somebody else to raise our kids? Why do we want somebody else to take care of our problems? Why do we want somebody else? We lack the transition from sheep to shepherd. I don't want to be the shepherd, God. I don't want to have to find green pastures. It's hard raising kids. It's hard being a good model and example to my coworkers. It's hard. It may be, but I got news for you. Do you really want to always be the sheep that is just nervous? Or do you want to do as Jesus commanded and have the confidence of the Savior? Listen to Jesus, follow Jesus, and then go and do likewise. And when you lay down your life for your marriage, for the relationships around you, when you do simple things, it kind of overwhelmed me yesterday. I saw these fires. I, uh, I drove to Greenville. Uh, we had a, transfer, a transient. Somebody was coming through, and they needed a, a, a hotel, and they're trying to get to Colorado, and they're, they're hijacking. They're trying to get there, right? Okay. You happen to stop by, then I'll, I'll help you out. Drove them down to Greenville. Got him a hotel. I don't, he's taking off today. He's going to try and get on 70 and, and get back home. On the way back, I had my golf clubs, and I'm like, ooh, I'll go play at Indian Springs. I get down to Indian Springs, and I start playing a little bit of golf, and it was pretty windy. It was crazy. It was a beautiful day other than the wind. Get a few holes into it, and I look up, and I go, why is it starting to get dark? And then I thought, why does it look like rain? Are those rain clouds? Maybe you don't know where this is going. They weren't rain clouds. It was smoke. It was a whole wall of smoke. I texted the wives of the firefighters. I said, I'm doing a firefighter, ladies. I get to be in the group. That's really cool. And I texted and I said, what can we do? What's going on? They've been fighting fires for a long time. And then I got stories like this. Well, they had some help from farmers. All the local farmers quit farming their fields, got their tractors and their discs, and went to till up the ground around the fires. I just go, that's what we're talking about. See a need, meet a need. Make the sacrifice in the moment because you think it would help a neighbor or somebody out. You don't have to be the greatest shepherd. You just have to find moments where maybe you're asked Put your life down so that other people can be kept safe. Hear his voice, follow, and lead. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, speak to us this week in moments where we see people who are in need. Lead us, find creative solutions within us. Let us be an example to others. We are your church, not just a building. People who are the shepherds, who guide people who are afraid. And Lord, if we're still afraid and worried and concerned, may you speak to us this morning. Let your word speak to us. Let Matthew 11 resonate with us. Let John chapter 10 be a, a chapter we read over and over this week and pray to you as the great shepherd and find comfort in your presence. May we get so close to you that the things we worry about are not our concern. 
And Lord, we know you're gonna take us through difficult times. When we leave the pen in the village, we're gonna not immediately find greener pastures. We're gonna find a difficult year. We're gonna run into 2020. We're gonna have pandemics. We're gonna have concerns. We're gonna have the challenges we face in our own lives, our own emotional spirit. We don't even know why. We can't explain it. Draw us close to you that where you lead, we will follow. If we believe that there is a day we will fully enter into your rest, then give us your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We have that rest right now. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we close together and I have to give thanks. These guys have been great. I got a couple of young people learning instruments. We're gonna have a whole other worship team here before long. I'm gonna tell the leaders tonight that that's, that's how we're shepherds. We're not shepherds because we have great programs and we do things on an on a upper echelon level of expectations. We're leaders because we just invest one person at a time. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. See you next time. And remember, God is building his kingdom through the lives of everyday people just like you.